Welcome to the Nourishing Autism Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the research on autism and dietary changes, nutrition supplements, and lifestyle modifications. Every week, we break down nutrition topics in an easy-to-understand way for you to feel less overwhelmed and feel confident on your nutrition journey with autism. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Nourishing Autism Podcast. I'm your host, Britton Coleman, the autism dietitian, and I'm excited to dive into this week's topic, picky eating. So if you joined me in the last episode, I talked about a few reasons why picky eating is so common in autism. And just to recap, this is typically because of a sensory overwhelm. A lot of kids with autism may also have sensory processing difficulties, which can make eating really overwhelming when different senses already are overwhelming. Eating is one of the most sensory sensory rich experiences that we have as humans. And so when we touch, smell, taste, um, you know, look at a food all at the same time, it sets a child up who's already in sensory overwhelm for even further sensory overwhelm. And so eating can be a really difficult topic. Uh, then I also see a lot of kids who are really selective eaters with autism also eat the same foods over and over again, a very limited number of foods due to the predictability of that food. So it might be all the same color, all the same texture, something, or the same brand is a great example too, that the child knows to expect. It's something that's comforting and in a world where they feel extremely uh, overwhelmed by their senses, having something that's predictable for them to eat and comforting is really helpful for them. And so it comes down to more than just pick eating. Eating, There's more than that. There's um, sensory processing intertwined here. There's also hidden reasons, or not hidden reasons, but um, reasons that are commonly not thought of for picky eating with autism. And that can be underlying gut issues where they're uncomfortable. They have chronic constipation, which is a side effect of picky eating too, but it can cause them to even be a picky eater if they're just uncomfortable. Then there's also nutrient deficiencies that can pull in here, different medications, issues with chewing and swallowing or low muscle tone. There's all these reasons and I'll have to create an episode in itself talking about the root causes of picky eating too, because there are things that we definitely want to look into further and we need to rule out for picky eaters. And using the appropriate approach for picky eating for kids with autism is also really key here. And we'll talk a little bit more on that today. So as you know, I love research. And so I want to share some research studies with you about picky eating and autism. And if you want the sources for these, you can find them in the show notes. So uh, first, children with autism are commonly picky eaters. In fact, one study showed that 70 to 90% of parents who have a child on the spectrum reported their child to be a selective eater. Children with autism are more likely to avoid foods and exhibit neophobia, which means the fear of trying new foods, than their typically developing siblings and other children without autism. On average, children with autism consume fewer foods, 33 foods versus 54 foods on average than the child without autism. The odds of a child having a feeding problem are five times greater in a child with autism. Children who are more sensory sensitive are at higher risk for consistent pickiness as they age. And I have a 
ton of other studies about how kids with autism also commonly have lower average intake of certain nutrients like calcium and uh, vitamin D is often low, omegas. I mean, there's so many pieces here and I have all that research linked in my membership, the Autism Nutrition Library, and there are due to be future episodes about this too. So children with autism are commonly referred to as just picky eaters, but there's actually more to it than that. Uh, Picky eating, I don't feel accurately describes what some kids are going through. There's uh, actually underlying feeding problems or calling them problem feeders that more accurately describe this extreme picky eating that can better define kids who eat just a few different foods and some foods that have very low nutritional value. And so just using the term picky eating sometimes doesn't do, uh, you know, give enough information or explain to a healthcare provider the severity of the issue. So there's this type of feeding therapy that I absolutely love. I've gotten training through, um, and it's called the SOS approach to feeding. And SOS stands for sequential oral sensory. And it is developed by this psychologist named Dr. K. Toomey, who is just brilliant. And they have a feeding clinic in, I believe it's Centennial, Colorado. And it's called the Star Institute for Sensory Processing. And it's an incredible feeding therapy clinic. But they train therapists all across the world on their method to feed picky eating. And um, teach therapists how to recognize the difference between a picky eater and a problem feeder and how to walk through all of these different steps to eating to help children grow comfortable, gain confidence, and learn to like new foods. It definitely takes time and it integrates all these different approaches that they teach you. And I have used it very successfully with my clients. I've taught families how to implement this And I fully recommend trying to find a feeding therapist who also has this kind of credential to help you go further. Because for autism, like I said, a lot of this is rooted in some sensory processing difficulties. It's not something that is just going to cure itself with hunger. And so a lot of the typical picky eating suggestions that come from pediatricians are not a good recommendation for kids with autism. So having uh, a feeding therapist who understands the sensory processing side, who's familiar with autism and the steps that are successful is going to be a game changer. And so the SOS approach to feeding website does have a therapist finder and you can go in, type in your zip code and find a feeding therapist and put your name likely on a wait list uh, because that's how the autism world goes. Uh, So many wait lists and I could talk about that forever. Um, and I don't need to tell you all this, but, um, you know, to see a feeding therapist, you can ask your current therapist about it. They're likely going to be an occupational therapist or a speech pathologist as well. Uh, like I said, I do teach my clients, uh, about implementing these specific, uh, approaches, but for kids who are very, very selective, I absolutely recommend working one-on-one with a speech therapist or occupational therapist who uses this type of feeding therapy. So, an important reason for us or an important thing for us to consider for kids who are extremely picky eaters or just 
uh, or problem feeders, like I said, or just picky eaters in general, is that this selective eating over months and years can cause higher risk for nutrient deficiency, GI issues, like gut issues, and other health concerns if it's not addressed. So this is definitely something that we want to address as soon as possible and start implementing strategies to help them get the nutrients they need. Sometimes this means in the very beginning, finding the right supplements to fill in the gaps of what they're missing as we're working on expanding their diet. That's what I do with a lot of the families in my group program called the Nourishing Autism Method. And if you want more information about that, you can find that on my website, autismdietitian.com. So some other symptoms that you can see, like I mentioned, some gut issues. The most common symptoms I see of picky eating is chronic constipation. And I've worked with families who have struggled with this for years with no relief. Um, and the only suggestion is to use Miralax. And unfortunately, Miralax doesn't fix the root problem. It just covers up the issue and causes us to have runny stool or be able to pass that. And sometimes that's the only option that families are given. But the you know, great news is, is that diet change can help with that, can prevent and treat constipation. And I help families do this all the time. In fact, I've had families who have been on Miralax for years and years with a very extremely picky eater um, get off Miralax and be able to maintain healthy bowel movements without having to rely on a laxative. And I want that for you too. And... um so again, I'm going to have another episode all about uh, gut issues, constipation, and what to do next. And so absolutely stay tuned and subscribe to this podcast so you can be alerted when those episodes come out. So if any of this sounds like your child, please subscribe. <laughs> stay tuned on uh, more steps for picky eating and autism, these hidden reasons why they might be a picky eater, next steps. And if you want a resource now, definitely check out my membership called the Autism Nutrition Library, which can guide you on next steps from here and help you take those steps today, tomorrow. And until then, um, I'm just grateful that you've joined me for today's episode and uh, can't wait to help you dig deeper into picky eating and next steps so we can help your child feel their best. So thanks for joining me as we take the guesswork out of nourishing autism this week. I look forward to seeing you next week. This podcast is brought to you by the Autism Nutrition Library, a one-stop hub and community for all things autism nutrition, created to help you explore evidence-based nutrition approaches that have proved to be effective to help individuals with autism feel their best, do their best, and be their best. Join now by visiting autismnutritionlibrary.com or by stopping by my Instagram at autismdietitian. See you next week.